Good evening, everyone. Last week, we finished up talking about the many, many technological advances in treating mental illness that happened throughout the 20th century. New drugs, new machines, new experiments, all of them helped improve psychiatry. But this week, we move on to reforming not our technology, but simply how psychiatrists talk to their patients. Our episode this time will focus on Aaron Beck, who went by Tim. Beck was born in Rhode Island in 1921, the son of Jewish immigrants from Russia. As a child, Beck was very active playing football and basketball, as well as being a Boy Scout, until at the age of eight, he broke his arm and then unfortunately developed a dangerous staph infection. It would require surgery and keep him in the hospital for over a month, something no child should have to go through. Although Beck did recover physically, he developed a phobia of blood and injury. A hospital scene in a movie would make him faint, as would the smell of either, a common anesthetic of the time. Per Beck's telling, he conquered this fear methodically, gradually allowing logic to override his fear, and made himself keep active, which I'd bet influenced his later discoveries. When he grew up, he then attended Brown University, where he took his first and last class in psychology. He found it disappointing, as it exclusively talked about brain anatomy and physiology, which he did not find very interesting. But after that, he attended the Yale University School of Medicine, intending to become a doctor. And by chance, he was required to spend six months in the psychiatry unit as part of his studies. Despite his later success in the field, Beck initially was really confused in psychiatry, and so decided to try to stick with it to understand it better. By chance, he became fascinated with psychoanalysis, and eventually became a psychiatrist entirely. Beck was so convinced of the truth of psychoanalytic theory that he wanted to prove to skeptics that scientific research could be used to prove said theories. In 1959, he decided to perform an experiment to validate a psychoanalytic theory of depression called inverted hostility. Basically, the idea was that depression is caused by the patient redirecting anger at another person at themselves. Based on this, psychoanalysts predicted that patients would feel better after a failure and worse after success, since being angry at yourself meant you would dislike yourself succeeding. I know, I know, it's very convoluted. But Beck set up an experiment to try to prove this, using a little card sorting task patients had to do. When asked about their self-esteem afterwards, he found the exact opposite of what was expected. Success at the task, turns out, does not make depressed patients feel worse. Quote, after that, I became suspicious that the entire theory was wrong, end quote, said Beck. The more Beck looked into it, the less sense inverted hostility made. Inverted hostility also predicted depressed patients would have more hostility in their dreams, but when he began cataloging dreams, he found the exact opposite was true. Beck eventually noticed that his depressed patients seemed to experience sudden, illogical, negative thoughts. For example, someone who was accomplished might continually have thoughts that they are incompetent, which would distract them and eventually lead to depression. Beck decided that depression was clearly not some sort of anger disorder, which outside of psychoanalysis seems pretty obvious, but was it really a cognitive disorder. From there, Beck stopped trying to get his patients to understand their subconscious conflicts, and instead began trying to help his patients correct their illogical thoughts. Beck would ask his patients about their intrusive, conscious thoughts and help them work through them, often realizing that many of their illogical and pessimistic thoughts were unfounded. He often asked them questions and helped the patient realize themselves that these bad thoughts were just that. 
With time, they became happier and more productive. And just by talking to his patients, they improved in just weeks, instead of the months or even years that traditional psychoanalytic therapy expected. This technique would eventually come to be known as Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT for short. This new talk therapy was very different from psychoanalysis. It was not interested in unconscious thoughts at all, it had a set of instructions for therapists, it had specific goals, and it was expected to take 12 sessions or less. Between how nice CBT was for both therapists and patients, it quickly caught on. Controlled experiments soon also validated that CBT was very good at treating depression, when compared with psychoanalysis or placebo. This only increased its reach, and since then CBT has been shown to be effective for anxiety disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD for short. CBT's rise, though, also prompted other psychiatrists to explore new methods, and then also verified the effectiveness of those methods through experiment. Talk therapy, despite its lack of real new technology, could still be validated with science, and honestly, it was about time. Beck's development of CBT improved the lives of millions of patients, and its downstream effects on the field as a whole were enormous, pushing the negatives of psychoanalysis further away, but embracing the best parts of it, namely talking to your patients to treat their mental illness. Beck would later win some really prestigious awards that may not mean much to you depending on your background, but they include the Heinz Award, the Grawemeyer Award, and the Lasker Award. And actually, Beck is still alive as of recording this episode in August 2021. He just turned 100 last month, which is pretty incredible. And if you'd like to write him a birthday message, you can actually do so with the link I've included in the show notes. Although I'm not sure how long that will work for. But anyway, that's all I've got for this week. Uh, I'm actually not sure what next week's episode will be about yet. I'm still figuring that out. Um, But there will be one. And as always, thanks for listening. If you enjoy what you hear, please tell a friend about the show. Um, And if you don't enjoy it, well, reach out to me with the links in the show notes and tell me why. I'd love to try to improve. Thanks also to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, and Muse Open for the intro and this outro music.